Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Good evening and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Chip Nellinger. Chip, it's our Sunday edition, so we're going to have a little fireside chat here on the Sunday evening here with all the people out there on Twitter, so hope you guys enjoy this. Hope you had a good weekend so far. So, Chip, we have uh, gone another whole week with uh, China's going to buy, China's going to buy, China's going to buy, and China hasn't bought yet. So what's your what's your thought on that, and how's that going to affect the overall market? Yeah, they've had a week or so, you know, they're meeting in the It's uh, really just kind of wait. We're, we're in limbo waiting on um, when are they going to buy, what's the confirmation, how much are they going to buy. Uh, we haven't seen that yet. So the market uh, is kicking off the Sunday night trade. A little bit lower, beans are five or six lower, uh, you know, corn and wheat a couple lower. Um, I don't think that's the end of the world, but we, I, I would say you're going to have to start seeing some confirmation of some Chinese purchases here. disappointed and probably start selling off uh, without uh, any confirmation or any, any specifics um, here this week. Um, so hopefully we can see that, you know, we're uh, just uh, a little more than three weeks away from Christmas and then New Year's, so things should start slowing down, um, you know, by the end of next week. It'll be more of a kind of a holiday, end of the year type uh, trading volume without some sort of surprise and some sort of confirmation, uh, or, or for sure by the end of next week, or we may be uh, in for kind of a, uh, a long, um, you know, end of the year trading period in here. And, um, you know, I think the market will react pretty swiftly uh, either way. If you don't see much uh, confirmation by the end of this week, I think we're subject to a little bit of a correction lower. However, um, the market closed really well last week in everything. Corn, beans, wheat, um, you know, we held the gains pretty well. Technically, on a chart, the market looks good for higher in all three of those markets, but you've got to feed it some, some friendly news to see it uh, follow through. So uh, we will see what happens this week, and hopefully it includes Chinese purchases. Um, other than that, there's probably not a whole lot going on. The stock market's been taking it on the chin, and that hasn't helped um, yet. But longer term, in kind of a you know weird, weird loop, uh, if we continue to put pressure on the stock market at the end of the year, the first quarter of the new year may see some money flowing into commodities. So in a, in a weird way, maybe that's what our ag markets need is a continuation of the sell-off in the stock market uh, to maybe get some money flowing in on the long side of commodities as just a diversification uh, type play out of the stock market. So we'll see. It's all about China. We're, um, I know you are. I'm as well sick of talking about it, but it's uh, it's here to stay until we know a little more about the, the details of any trade agreement. Yeah, no, it's the China thing. It's just so when they made that announcement after uh, last Sunday, you know, we were on here and, and we were talking about how things took, and you know, 
know, I think corn went up four and a half overnight, fell off overnight and throughout the day, and it, it closed down a little bit lower off the highs there, what we saw when it first opened on the overnights on Sunday. So, oh, we, uh, like you said, it did finish up at the end of the week and part during the week. But how much of this do you feel like the market has into it that on that first Sunday? I think when they heard um again this is this the uh you know last time before the trade war started in uh early uh first part of june there whenever that was same thing he said here that they're going to buy so much stuff that you guys won't be able to produce and uh, you know it feels like maybe that there's some of that Anticipation built in the into the market, but now it really kind of feels like yeah, um, we're going to wait and see. But we're not really optimistic. Moment, what you're feeling out there is that what you're hearing? Is that kind of what you're seeing too? Yeah, and that's what uh, it feels like the market's doing. We scored our highs for the week um, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. You know, after that announcement a week ago, oh, we it was sold off from there, but we did close fairly well in the in the upper twenty percent of the. Of the week's trading range, so it was a, it was a good solid close. But yeah, after that first ordeal, and and the, I think the market knows that there's uh, you know 90 days roughly that this thing could go uh, go haywire. In fact, over the weekend, a couple of our U.S. trade reps were talking um, to that point that you know there's a lot of ways this thing could uh, you know go haywire and uh, result in uh, a continuation of the trade war. So I think the market's doing a good job of just hanging out here, and, and it's probably not going to go a lot higher until we have a little more confirmation or details, um, or at least some sort of hint of, of exactly what they're going to buy, how much of it, um, and uh, that uh, product's starting to be loaded and leave the country. So that could happen quickly. It's possible some of that was uh, started last week. You know, there were some rumors, so um, it wouldn't take much. It doesn't take them long to you know, get uh, get the, get their buying shoes on, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, until that happens, I think the market's doing a good job of just hanging out here and waiting, uh, waiting to see. We've got uh, USDA crop report Tuesday. Shouldn't be much of a of a big deal. Um, they don't do any yield adjustments. They'll do that on the final January report in a in a month from now. But uh, they could tweak the demand a little bit. They could uh, they definitely change. Um, world production and carry out. So those are always a wild card. We at least have that uh, information to chew on Tuesday, but uh, that'll take a backseat very quickly to uh, what the news is uh, each day and hour on China. And, you know, the other frustrating thing is there's so many people involved. There's, you know, half a dozen trade reps on our side and uh, at least that many on their side. So the market's waiting on news out of China and our trade oftentimes in interviews are saying uh, uh, diametrically opposed uh, things so you wonder what's going on at times and it confuses the market and you know I guess the, the good news is we're not going lower uh, we will quickly if this thing um, takes a turn for the worse but the market's holding holding its own and uh, so I, I think the market's doing exactly what it should but we just got to get some news going here yeah. one way or the other yeah so here we've got uh, South America. Brazil's talking about having a, uh, a record crop. Um, 
there's everything that they show that they're going to have lots of corn, lots of beans out there laying around. Um, the growing conditions have been phenomenal. Uh, they've gotten the water they've needed, you know, all the way through their the planting, all the way through uh, uh, the growing season. And, and they're talking like maybe mid July or mid July, mid January, they're going to have some uh, soybeans ready to harvest. So how's that going to play into the mix? And if there is another huge crop in South America, how's that going to affect the overall supply and demand curve of soybeans? Yeah, well, it's not going to do some favors, and they are on track right now. Um, you know, they're probably halfway through the growing season. They got a really, you know, you, you have to understand um, they have a lot longer growing season um, north to south in, in Brazil. Uh, there's way different planting dates. So, you know, they're going to be harvesting beans from, like you said, mid January all the way up until about, you know, the end of March. So it's a long growing season there different planting dates, uh, but it's going really well. And, and right now projections are for a, a record crop. Argentina, you don't hear much bad on Argentina. Usually when that's the case, uh, it means they're on track for at least an average crop. <clears throat> that's part of the issue. I mean, yeah, it's great to get a trade agreement if we do, but we've already kind of missed the boat on this season cycle, right? Because right now China would be buying a ton of our beans because there's none out of South America, but in uh, in six or eight weeks, there will be. And so we don't have a very big window here to sell to China. Um, you know, we could pick that back up in the summer once China gets kind of sold out, uh, you know, maybe June, July timeframe. But uh, there's a lot of beans in the world. We got a big crop here. We got plenty of uh, carry out. You know, arguably we're going to end up somewhere, even if this is if China takes a, a fair amount, 750 million bushel carry out here. And a record crop in Brazil, there's just too many beans in the world. Um, in a big, big picture standpoint, too, I've said this uh, multiple times on this podcast and, and other uh, public spaces, so I might end up with egg on my face, but I just don't see how we're going to lose as many bean acres as maybe what the market uh, hopes. You know, for number one, there's a lot of things going on. Number one is cost driven uh, because cost of nitrogen is going way, way up compared to a year ago. Fertilizer as well. Um, but the way we ended this, the fall, and, you know, there's still, still beans, there's still guys trying to rains and snow. Um, there was not a lot of field work done, particularly in the Western Corn Belt, and especially Iowa. Um, so it is not conducive for a lot of corn on corn acres right now. You know, switching from uh, beans to corn, and that's not going to bode well either uh, on top of this big supply. If, you know, if we're going to lose a million, million and a half bean acres, it's not enough. We're, we're going to be faced with, with too many beans. That's going to spill over and keep corn from where it could ultimately go to the upside as well because there's a relationship between corn and beans, especially from a new crop standpoint. Right now, they can do anything. I mean, you could have a, a one-to-one ratio or a, a six-to-one ratio. Doesn't really matter, but for me, so this thing's gonna be uh, be interesting. It's hard to spin a, a wildly bullish tone to it, but but you could. I mean, it could be friendly. We just don't know quantity potential um, for U.S. ag products uh, from China. We know that the trade deficit is record wide. So an easy way to fix that or start fixing it is US ag products, but. You just you just don't know until we know more specifics. It uh, I mean, that sounds like a broken record tonight, but 
we're going to be sloppy and the gains won't be easily held and yeah, the setbacks will be bought. I mean, it's just going to be a sloppy environment here until there's a little more clarity on the situation. Yeah. It's just, it's just like one thing adds up to another. I mean, <clears throat> you're seeing a lot of, a lot of cost of production next year. They're predicting it to be higher than it was this year. Just because the input costs have gone up across the board, whether it be nitrogen or other other imp, other inputs, whatever it might be. So there's there is going to be some, you know, you're going to have to pick the one that's going to make you the most money. Right now, it's not corn. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, guys have had real good success in in beans the last couple of years on yields. Um, you know, it seemed like it wasn't that long ago. Fifty five was kind of the magic, um, you know, cap to the upside on yield and. You know, now it's 65, and there's guys even, uh, you know, cranking out 75, 80 bushel beans the last couple of years. So that can pay some bills. You, you know, you're north of $9.5 on new crop beans. We've been telling our guys, take a look at that. 100% of your crop right now at this stage, but get a start because that could look really good in, uh, in 12 months um, and, and pay some bills, you know, if, we, if we're lucky enough to have a good bean yield next year, nine and a half dollar November bean futures um, may, may be really, really good. So yeah. you've, you've got to have that plan and be be ready for it. Uh, and it's it's kind of maybe slapping us in the face right now. I mean, even if you're 50, 60, 70 cents early, you can scale into it higher. But, um, you know, I, I just have a real fear longer term that we're in an oversupply situation on beans, China or no China. I mean, with China, yeah, maybe we'd have a little upside, 50, 60, 70 cents maybe, but without a, a drought or a major production problem, you know, in 12 months, beans, um, you know, arguably may not even, definitely not have a nine in front of them if, if it's the same situation. Maybe not even an eight, could easily have a seven in front of them. Not trying to scare anybody or be a doom and gloomer, but you know, yeah, look what's out there. And nine and a half dollar corn and probably knock on the door uh, last week of four oh five new crop corn. You gotta take a really close look at that. Yeah. Yep. So let's bounce over to the protein complex a little bit. Um, you know, the the hog market has been a bit of a winner here because of what's going on in China and what you've seen happen over there with the uh, the swine flu that's going around over there. Um, you know, there, there's, there's some opportunities for, for uh, exports of hogs, and we're seeing that. Um, China's starting to kind of come to the table a little bit about with that, especially with Smithfield and some other folks that are uh, Chinese-owned companies that are, that are you know, looking at getting hogs over there. What do you see with the hog complex, and how's that working? Yeah, that was a weird trade last week, right, because we got the China news, and uh, all the ag markets are, are sharply higher Sunday night. There's no obviously no night trade in the in the uh, hogs for cattle Sunday night. So hogs open buck, buck 20 higher um, Monday morning and this reversed and headed lower. So psychological and the way the market structured, there was a lot of buying into those meetings at the G20. So I think the, the higher market prompted a lot of those guys to take some money off the table, sell out some of their long positions that pressured the market. But we came back nice about the week. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the export sales did show um, some sales of U.S. pork to China. 
uh, already, and that's even pre-agreement, right? So they're already starting to take some, <clears throat> probably the effects of that swine flu issue, like you said. So uh, technically on a chart, I really like both the hog and the cattle market, the way they're shaping up. Uh, they, they're in kind of a sideways, uh, pretty big sloppy range in here, but they closed last week really well. And uh, a little bit of strength early this week to start could just spur us into uh, a nice rally there. And if you combine that with uh, some better news or continuing export sales of U.S. pork to China on this week's report on Thursday, that could really uh, bode well for the hog market. Uh, and, and cattle, you know, held their own as well. Tried to break it earlier in the week, where it needed to on a chart, reverse, closed higher Friday. Again, we need to see some follow through to the upside Monday, Tuesday, or we're right back in this sloppy mess and we'll probably sell off. But the market's uh, really poised Monday, Tuesday, in both hogs and cattle to show some nice gains. So we'll have to we'll have to see technically how the market uh, acts. And sometimes that's what you have to go by, right? We watch the charts pretty pretty closely. We talk to our blue in the face about Chinese demand and fundamentals and, and swine flu and all these issues, but you know, some of that's baked in the market and, and there's all kinds of different opinions. You just have to kind of let price action uh, dictate and, and be the guide. And, um, you know, it'll, it'll tell you. Uh, the market will talk to you if you, it's just hard to listen to it at times. So I, I really like the way Hobson yeah. Cal closed the week. Um, I, I'm hoping, which isn't always good in, in trading, you shouldn't hope. But uh, what I would expect is Monday, Tuesday, you can see some strength. And if you don't, um, that's telling you something. We're probably going to sell back off, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful. Yep. All right. So the stock market has just taken a beating this week. I mean, it's gone everything from, <clears throat> I bet they lost 1,200 points out of this week. Uh, just kind of rough math in my head here, kind of going back through the days. And oddly enough, the, uh, the, the, the livestock market usually tracks that pretty well, especially cattle. And when it goes down, everything else goes down as well with it. So, <clears throat> What's um, you know, what are you seeing happen there, and where do you see that that headed? You know, it, you know again, just <clears throat> watching the chart, I'm definitely not um, a, a fundamental guru on the stock market, the economy. Uh, but tried to rally earlier in the week, and uh, and it just sold off hard. It's down again, Futures. So, yeah, this thing is um, <clears throat> from a stock market perspective. We talked earlier, you know, that might not mean um, that it has to be negative to ags, right? Because this money flow situation is not instantaneous. Sometimes it takes a quarter or even two um, to see a lot of money flow. We're even talking about the stock market. And uh, it doesn't just move instantaneously and snap of a finger. So if we close the, the year or in the month and the year on a weak note, and right now we're at, uh, you know, kind of threatening uh, multi-month lows, um, maybe you'll start seeing a flow of money out of stocks into commodities as a diversification. And, um, and, and you know, I mean, it's been, I can't even tell you, that half a generation since we've seen a, correction of the stock market. So we're long overdue. Maybe we're in for one of those periods where stocks are going to struggle and kind of give up some of the valuation. Maybe they're overvalued. 
And again, I think that uh, you don't you don't wish for uh, any market to go lower, but from an ag specific standpoint, it uh, it may induce some money flow and can help us out. And if the Fed's holding steady on interest rates, and we go into more of a recessionary period, and there's bigger breaks in the stock market. You know, and they have to lower interest rates to help re-stimulate the economy. That'll be negative to the dollar, and again, just kind of um, be more fuel to to drive money into commodities. So we'll see. There's a lot of things going on. 2019 is going to be uh, exciting for sure. The, the end of 18 here has gotten pretty interesting in all our markets, and uh, I think 2019 is going to be a pretty exciting year. Um, Maybe not all of it to the upside, but uh, we got the makings for uh, a heck of a year coming up. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Chip. Well, we have uh, been going here for a little bit, and we've covered a pretty broad spectrum of stuff. Anything out there you want to throw out there before we uh, before we shut it down? You know, off the top of my head, um, you know, I think that these next two weeks are going to be interesting. That should be about all she wrote, though, because it gets pretty thin and and very quiet the last couple of weeks uh, of the year. And, and sometimes the first uh, week of the new year uh, is a little bit slow as well. So we're, uh, you know, it's in the next week, we're going to have a lot of business wrapped up and uh, barring any surprise news, which is always possible. Um, the last two weeks of the, of the year and the first week of the new year is likely going to be uh, pretty quiet, at least from a volume perspective and uh, maybe a little bit uh, sluggish. So uh, hopefully we can see some nice upside in the next couple of weeks, maybe get a little China news. Um, and you got to have a plan. you got to be ready for it because uh, the opportunities are right here, especially if you tack another 10, 15 cents on corn and 30 or 40 on beans. Uh, maybe get a 20, 30 cent rally going in wheat. If that happens, you've got to take action and, uh, and have a plan and be ready to execute that plan. Yeah. So folks are working on that plan or they have one already and they just want to have it reviewed or maybe they just want to reach out to you and get some advice on what's happening out there. Chip, how would they do that? The best way is just call our office, 309-550-7213. We would love to chat with you. We're not very high pressure and uh, may may easily be able to give you a couple of tips on how you can uh, better better execute and and, uh, maybe tweak your plan for the better. Yep, give him, give him a call, folks. Chip's been doing this for a long time, and and uh, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of customers out there that he can he can definitely uh, attest to to how those plans work and what they've been doing. So, Chip, uh, we will catch you on Tuesday. Until then, have a good rest of the week, man. All right, have a good end of the week. Go Bears. Go. They got their hands full tonight, but uh, we'll see. Yep, we will see. That's for sure. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, see you. All right. In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here